Welcome to Gospel Reframe. This podcast is here to encourage you to spend five more minutes reframing your day with the hope of the gospel. In each episode, we will consider the gospel implications of a particular passage from the Bible and savor them together. Here's your host, Jim Weaver. Hello, friends, and welcome to the eighth episode in our series entitled Beyond Easter, The First 50 Days. Yesterday was Pentecost on the church calendar, and I found myself asking just how relevant the message of Pentecost is for our world, and my country specifically, which is so deeply divided over race and unraveling in hatred and vitriol. Then I remembered that the original message of Pentecost contained both bad news and good news for a people in a city which only 50 days prior had completely come apart in violent revolt against Jesus. Now, true, there were no overt racial overtones to what had transpired, but there were unmet political, social, and religious expectations that fueled violence and death. The bad news that Peter announced at Pentecost was that the very city and nation who should have recognized and welcomed Jesus as the Christ, quote, crucified and killed him by the hands of lawless men, end quote. The very one whom God had made both Lord and Christ, Peter says, is, quote, Jesus whom you crucified, end quote. The bad news was that sin ran so deep in their hearts that they killed the long-awaited Messiah whom their very prophets had foretold. Now, we might want to ask, did they all really kill Jesus? Wasn't it the Romans or maybe the high priest and religious leaders? Well, as an unbelieving nation who watched this travesty of justice unfold in their city streets, they are all implicated. Now, I know that sin is sin, but some sins are made more heinous by who they're committed against or the circumstances surrounding them. And by that reasoning, these Jerusalemites had committed the most heinous sin in human history, killing the Messiah. That's the bad news, the very bad news. The good news is that even the heinousness of their sin did not cancel out God's purpose and plan in redemption or close the door on forgiveness. In fact, Peter says to this crowd, you did all that you did, quote, according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, end quote. God was not for their sin or surprised by their sin, but in his sovereign hands, he used even the most heinous act of evil killing the Lord, to accomplish his purpose in saving the world. In hearing this, the crowd was, quote, cut to the heart, end quote, and asked Peter and the other apostles, what shall we do? Now, what if Peter had responded, well, it's too late for that, or you killed the Messiah, all hope is lost. Peter famously responds, repent, And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. Years ago, I remember wrestling with something I read by Robert Murray McShane. He wrote, The seed of every sin known to man is in my heart. I remember reading that and inwardly protesting. Not true, it it can't be. I've come to realize, friends, that 
since that time that the seed of every sin known to man resides more comfortably in my heart than I'd like to admit. We make a great mistake in viewing repentance as merely the doorway into the Christian life and not the pathway we remain on throughout. The good news of Pentecost for our hurting and divided world is that Christ came to forgive our sins. That's right, in Christ we can be forgiven of all our sins, the sins of racism, prejudice, superiority, violence, apathy. And by the power of the and presence of the Holy Spirit, we can change. But dear ones, change in the Christian life is not possible apart from repentance. Just as those Jerusalemites were cut to the heart over their sin of killing Jesus, we must be cut to the heart over sins which we've allowed to fester in our hearts or in our communities or in our world. True repentance has an intellectual, emotional, and volitional component. I've known no greater force for change in this world than humble, broken-hearted sinners in the grip of God's grace. Thanks for listening to Gospel Reframe. For more information about this podcast or to listen to other episodes, visit gospelreframe.com.